Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. I want to welcome you to this Christmas series that we started last weekend. We've entitled it Believe, so we're talking about how our beliefs, what we're trusting in, what we have as the foundation of what we're really focused on, the faith that we have. We're talking practically about faith and how faith is something that we can make a part of our everyday lives and it can impact us this time of year and it can impact us all year long. I'm gonna ask you if you have your Bibles to turn with me to the book of Luke. We started in the Christmas story last week in a specific section of the Christmas story and with a key figure in the Christmas story, Mary. We're talking about Mary, a key figure. And if you have your Bibles, maybe on a mobile device, Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 45 through 49. I do want to welcome those watching online. We have more and more people watching us online from multiple places. want to welcome our McKinney campus that we're streaming with, as well as those at 1230 that are making room and making space for others. Would you join me in celebrating all those that are with us on this journey? Well, we love Christmas here at Milestone. Uh, We love just the experience together. In fact, that's our name. The name of the church, Milestone, is that you celebrate moments. In your journey, you have these moments that you celebrate together, and we always want to celebrate them with those people that we love the most. And so we're not just a crowd of people, we're a spiritual family, and we love this time of year. We also love the fact that at this time of year as a church family, we get to meet so many of you that are new, that we bring in to connect with and uh, have such some, some great times together. We had a great service last weekend. We had a great Christmas choir this weekend from our kids. They did a fantastic job. Yeah, that's amazing there. Yeah, give them a round of applause. They like it. I know you enjoy it. We had one of our big moments that is always a big moment, and that is we had on Tuesday night our joy event. Come on, ladies. Are you out there? We had a great time together. I'm becoming so good at women's events. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm becoming really powerful at women's events. But I'll tell you, really, in in, in all seriousness, um, God's presence really shows up in those atmospheres. And I want to say thank you to all of you that are a part of it, and really all of us are a part of it in some way. Uh, The worship is meaningful. I'm a little partial to the speaker. She's pretty hot and she had a great word, you know what I'm saying? Uh, She did awesome. My wife, Brandy, she preached and shared with us about receiving and uh, how we need to receive from God. And I know many of you were touched by that. And of course, one of the big moments, and I just wanna say thank you to our whole church family. One of the moments that's really significant, and I'm gonna read you a testimony from that moment is that at the end of Joy every year, because of your generosity, we're able to bless single moms and widows in our community with several hundred thousand dollars worth of valuable things to help them with oil changes and all the little needs and help them with Christmas. And this year they got a little special robe to make them feel special and a great candle and all of these great things. That's only possible because you're a generous church. And so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your generosity that makes it possible for us to do that. And it's always a powerful moment. Um, I always tell myself every year, I'm not gonna cry. And I always do, because I have such a heart for these ladies. And man, we all cry together, and they're crying, and and the ladies are crying, and the men passing out the boxes are crying, and so we're all crying. And and we just leave afterwards, and here's what I, I really even just was so 
impressed with again, afresh and anew this year, is how we all need a tangible way to recognize how real God is and how much he really loves us. And we leave just knowing he is, he is a loving God and his mercies are new every day and he's so full of loving kindness for us and so we experience that and it's such a powerful thing. So again, thank you. Thank you to all the men that served and man, we had cars parked all over the place and lots of ladies and it was an awesome time together. You know, it's, it's something that we all wanna experience though, that love of God. We, we, at this time of year, in fact, uh, we're looking for it in so many different ways. We're, we're looking for it at Christmas time. And, and even as we look at the Christmas story, we, we miss a lot of times some of the hardships that were going on when we really look at the reality of the story. But nonetheless, we're, we're looking for hope. We're looking for peace. We're looking for joy. And, and I know why God really put it on my heart for us to talk about this this year, about you finding this understanding of faith because even a lot of the responses that I got this week from a lot of you, I recognize that you're looking for this hope, you're looking for this peace, you're looking for this joy, you want this Christmas moment to fill you, to warm you, but a lot of times it's eluding you, and your circumstances are in the way in what, from, from what you really wanna experience. And, and so we're all searching after it. I shared with you last week, I had a little therapy session. My wife is full on Christmas. She is full on. I mean, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the decorations, she's, she's into it big time. And so this year, again, she told, her, told me, she said, we gotta, we gotta up the lights. You know, we gotta go another level. So we put them in the driveway and, and they got run over by one of my teenage drivers. And, and, and my son would just like to say to everyone that, that, that he is not guilty. He just wanted, he said, dad, you know, I never want to get in your message. Could you tell the people that Hannah did it? So I'm just telling, it's just, anyway, so anyway, Hannah did it. Um, and so it just, it's what happened. But, but anyway, I was just helping him out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we lost the lights. I need a little help with something else Christmassy around my house. And that is my wife is big. One of her strengths is personalization. So she can't, I'll just say, look, let's buy it. Let the store wrap it. She, no, 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 no. Jeff, we got to wrap it. Special wrapping, special wrapping that fits the personality of the person. We've got to have special bows. My nephews, my sister has five boys. We get them gift cards because that's what a boy wants is the freedom to buy his own gift. But she personalizes the wrapping of the gift card. She gets a special deal. We paid more money for the wrapping than we did the gift card. And I'm like, they're going to throw that away, honey. The boy doesn't care about that. So my room, my bedroom, this is so therapeutic for me. Thank you for helping me. This is a marriage issue we have. My room has turned into a Hobby Lobby Michael's pop-up shop. There is tape, there is scissors, there is wrapping paper, there, it's all in there. And, and I need your help to pray for me because I told my wife, I said, honey, there's other rooms in the house. Can we move the pop-up shop into Caleb's room? Can we move it into somebody else's room? Can we get this out of my room? She said, Jeff, that will not work because we hide the presents in the closet. And I said, and the kids know we hide the presents in the closet. They've already experienced all their gifts. I saw on the Instagram for my teenagers, you know, Christmas came early, you know, hashtag blessed. You know, they're already, they're using them already. The number one gift of last year, I think, was the drone. 
Amazing, everybody gets this drone, all these young people get a drone, they take it out, and so they were reporting on the news, there was a problem with the drone, because they power this thing all up, get it out of the box, the kid's really excited, they get it out there, but they don't know how to use it, so all of a sudden, they just kind of get it all powered, and there were drones in fields and in neighborhoods, people that didn't buy a drone got a drone last year for Christmas, because they're just laying everywhere. In all seriousness, we're looking for something this time of year, aren't we? We're looking for that experience that fills us, that warms us. A lot of times it's like the drone though. It's like it's, it's here, but it's not, it's not this, this experience that we're looking for needs to have more substance to it. It needs to have more solidity to it because we're looking for something foundational. A lot of times it's here and it's gone. The greatest gift you could receive this Christmas is your own personal faith. And I don't mean just your salvation, though that's included, but this, this personal understanding of how God's economy works, how big God is, and to learn to put more of your trust in him. That's what this series is all about, and what I'm learning is we think we have more of it than we actually do. Because when the press comes... I understand traffic is bad. I understand there's in fact this psychological term, this seasonal affective disorder is what they call it now, that people feel a little more melancholic. Why? Because they have stress this time of year, they have traffic, they have fatigue, they have responsibilities, they have family members that have challenges that come to their house multiple times, they have unmet expectations, light is a little lower, so there's not as much sunlight, so people begin to experience it. But here's what I would say to you, it's not just the season. It's pressure reveals what's on the inside. When you press on toothpaste tube, toothpaste comes out. And so when the press comes, it pushes out of us what's really on the inside. So this understanding of biblical, authentic faith is what we're exploring together. And as I said, a lot of times we see the nativity scenes, we read the Christmas stories, but we lose sight of what's really going on here. This key figure, Mary, interesting. She has some very uncommon things about her. Yes, we learned that last week. Some of your traditions emphasize the fact that she's very uncommon, and she really is. I mean, she has this encounter with an angel. She's a virgin, yet she's gonna have a baby. She will carry the Son of God. I mean, that is, that is out there. That's amazing. And so that, that part of her story, kind of when we read the Christmas story, we disconnect because it's so uncommon, yet there's some common parts to every character in the Christmas story. It was a dark period of time. She's a teenage girl. She has barriers. She has challenges. She has situations going on. But, but the fact is, she has this interruption in her life, and that's what God does. He comes to interrupt us with his word. And what we love about the story of Mary that I'm really highlighting to you is her response. See, we all get an opportunity to respond to God. That's really what faith is. That's what believing is, is this our opportunity to partner with God. He's God all by himself. He will birth the son of God through Mary. His son will come to reveal who he is. His son will die on the cross to make a payment that we can't make. This faith that he's bringing us into is not our works and our ability. It's not a distant, unrelational God. He comes to become one of us. He lives sinless, dies on the cross, raises from the dead, and he wants a relationship with you. And so, yes, there's a powerful thing that God is up to, but we lose sight of the fact that Mary's response is part of the story. Her response is part of the story, just like your response is part of your story. Your faith is part of what God wants to do in and through you with challenges and with new opportunities in your life. 
And so he's wanting to grow that on the inside of all of us. And so we see, as I told you last week, the context of the story is there's this, this, this lady, Elizabeth, this, this girl, Elizabeth, and, and scholars believe they're cousins, and so nonetheless, they're close. We know from the context. And Elizabeth is in this faith thing of having a child, and she will birth John the Baptist, who will be the forerunner for Jesus. And so she's in this faith story, but I think it's interesting, after Mary has the encounter with the angel, we learned last week, Mary says something just out of the box, be it done to me according to your word. That at the bottom line level is what faith is, is that you trust God's word over your feelings, over your circumstances, over anything you see around you. She says, be it done to me according to your word. And then something that I haven't really seen in the story, it really hasn't been that highlighted to me, in the middle of what the Bible says, she's confused and disturbed. Aren't you glad the Bible gives us transparency too? So whatever you're facing today and your challenge, if you're a little confused or you're a little disturbed, that's okay, Mary was too, but she didn't let that be the end of the story. And part of the story that I've never seen is right before what I'm about to read to you, as she's responding, as she's working through it, the Bible says she hurries off to talk to Elizabeth. She hurries off to talk to Elizabeth, why? Because when you're a little confused and a little disturbed and God's doing something big in your life, you're in a hurry to find somebody with faith. You're in a hurry to find somebody that knows something you don't know. So she goes to Elizabeth and listen to the words of faith that Elizabeth says to her. You are blessed because you believed. Because you believed. See the partnership? You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. And then she breaks into this song. This interesting song that there's lots of different theological explanations and thoughts. I just think simply though, it's interesting that that's what she breaks into. It says, oh, my soul praises the Lord. Oh, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. I want us to talk about in this practical area, see her circumstances have not changed. Her circumstances are still the same. She hasn't told Joseph. She's gonna have misunderstandings, family things. She hasn't told Joseph, okay, look, we're engaged to be married and I'm pregnant from God. I mean, she hasn't got to that yet. Her circumstances haven't changed, but her confidence is still in the same place. What you believe about God is not only when you think about God so much about who you are, we learned last week, but here's another thought. What you believe about God affects how you respond to challenging circumstances in your life. What you believe about God affects how you approach these moments when you're a little confused, a little disturbed, when you're stepping out there into the unknown. I remember a lot of times I'll remember the first time I saw something. I'm, I'm big on experiences, you know, so I just like the first time I saw this or the first time I went there, I remember the first time this happened. And, and so I don't have the experience of the first time I saw a television set. My dad tells me about the first time they brought a TV into his house. I thought, man, that must have been crazy. He's like, yeah, a little thing. We used to gather around the radio. Then we got around the TV, black and white. There we are watching the TV. I do remember the first time I went to my friend's house and they had a VCR. Come on, everybody in your 40s. We can watch movies at the house. Wow. Put that tape in there, boom. I remember the first time I saw a cell phone. 
My kids think we would have life would just end as we know it if they didn't have a cell phone. I remember when we didn't have cell phones. I went to my friend's house and we went to a deal. His dad was in the oil business. He had a car and in his car was a phone in the car. Man, I was like, man, does that work? He goes, yeah, I can call people from it. Man, I remember when I got my first cell phone, 1999. I got a little handheld Nokia cell phone powerful, man. I got that thing. I called everybody I knew. You know, I'm like, this is so awesome. I drove around. Problem is, I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know about roaming. <laughs> so I ended up with a bill like $627. You know what I'm saying? That was a lot of money for a preacher in 1999. I'm like, man, we got to mortgage the house to pay the cell phone bill. I'll tell you something else I remember the first time that it happened to me. I thank God for my heritage. I learned about Jesus. I learned about saving faith. I I learned you have to, by grace through faith, put your trust in Jesus. I learned that as a young man. I learned that early on in my journey. I learned a lot about the word. I I learned a lot about the principles of the word. I I learned about the history of the word. I, I learned to love the word, but one thing that I did not experience a lot is People who knew how to activate not just the information of the word, but the revelation of the word that it became so real to them that they trusted it above their circumstances. See, I didn't know a lot of people who understood biblical faith in circumstances. And I remember my early 20s, I got around some people. I thought, you guys are crazy, man. You really believe this stuff. Man, they were confessing the word and quoting the word and talking about singing the word. And I'm like, man, I didn't know about all that. What we did is we exposited the word. We know a lot about confessing the word, activating the word, letting the word change what you see. And I remember the first time I experienced that. And I'll tell you, I got people that I work with now and I find in our generation today, we need more of an understanding of how the truth of what he said, that Mary said, that Elizabeth said, you're blessed because you were trusting in and doing what he said. You you had a faith that was active that was real, that was alive, that saw beyond what you were facing. Talked with a guy this week that I've been working with and he, had, he said, man, I had my worst, worst week, roughest week. He's a young guy, roughest week, you know, this happened, that happened. And I'm not saying when you become a person of faith that you lose authenticity, that there's anything wrong with talking about having a rough week, nothing wrong with finding a good Elizabeth to go process with, to go, I'm having a rough week. This is not about being fake. Like everything's fine, everything's fine. Don't ever say anything's not fine. That's not what I'm talking about. But I think we have a disproportionate level in our culture today of people who love how to love to process what's wrong, but they don't know how to walk in faith toward the solution of what can make it right. They don't know how to activate it, okay? So I said, get it out, man. Go ahead. Yeah. Blah, blah. You know, you get a great online following just with throwing up. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're so authentic. Well, we appreciate that, but I, I need a little victory too. I, 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 we need to have something else besides just the throw up. So I let the guy throw up. Throw up, it's good, throw it all up. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was bad, it was bad, okay. I said, okay, now, now let's move to faith. I said, here's some verses I'd like to give you. I mean, I'm big into handing off stuff that works. Hand off to my kids, hand off to the, I said, let me, let me give you some things. What do you need to know about faith? Number one, faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This is not hype. This is not just positive attitude. This is something of substance that you can hold on to that is true all the time. Substance of things hoped for, and it's an evidence of things you can't see in the natural. Faith comes from hearing God. 
I, I talked to this guy. I said, man, you've talked a lot. You've thrown up a lot. You've talked, you've meditated on all what's wrong. Have you spent any time in the word of God? Have you gone there yet? I know some of you are like, man, I don't even know. Jeff, you seem excited. You seem confident. Do you have any problems? Yes. That's why I've had to learn faith. You're like, man, I'm so far from that. Here's the good news. Faith comes. If you don't have it today, it'll come to you from the word of God. You can get it to come to you. It's not eluding you. It's there ready to come. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith overcomes. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we have a faith that can bring victory. I'm not saying we never have a problem. I'm not saying that that's necessary. God's still God and he's God all by himself, but there's a faith that brings victory that overcomes in your life. And faith leads to action. Faith leads to action. I'm so glad, glad that God made the first move. I'm so glad that there's a grace that comes to us outside of our effort. Faith without works, this said, is dead faith though. We don't work our way into a relationship with God. We don't do something to be pleasing to him, yet because he brings by his grace a real faith to us, it brings us to activation. Grace by no means, the grace of God, removes us from the participatory process. We're still participating. We thank him for his grace that comes to us, but we're participating in the journey because of the faith on the inside of us. It leads us to action and participation, and we're stepping out faith to faith, glory to glory along the way. You say, well, how does it work? I wanna just give you a couple of things before I pray for you. Because I've, I've, I'm talking about believing God even in this series. That may be a phrase you've never heard. Like, you may hear somebody, you get around some Christian people like, I'm believing God for my children to know Christ. I'm believing God for a wayward child. I'm believing God for my marriage. I'm believing God for who I will marry. I'm believing God for this new initiative that God has, has called me to. I'm believing God for this business thing that he called me into. And I'm believing God is the provider for this thing that I've stepped out into. I'm believing God. You may hear someone say that and it can sound a little Christianese and weird. It's really very simple. When you're believing God, what you're doing is you're putting God between you and your circumstances. When you're in unbelief, when you're in the flesh, when you're in yourself, what you actually do is put your circumstances between you and God. And they become larger and bigger. A person of faith always puts God, but God, between you and your circumstances and whatever you're facing. So how does he help us do this? You're like, Jeff, can you make it real practical? Well, first of all, you have to seek him. We have to seek him. We choose worship over worry. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six. why is this faith thing important? And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, there's that believe word, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So as we're seeking him, there's an activation of what we believe in God moving on our behalf in our circumstances and situations. When we're confused, when we're disturbed like Mary and she was, Nothing has changed in when we read this, be it done to me according to your word. Elizabeth saying, look, you're gonna be blessed. Nothing's really changed. She's still in the middle of the circumstance, but she chose, which is crazy to me, she, she, she starts worshiping God in the middle of that moment. I mean, it's like, if you really think about it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, is this like a musical? 
You know, is this a Disney movie, you know, where when everything's bad, like the person that's the actor breaks in a, it's kind of crazy. But actually, it's, it's really biblically a pattern. That's what the Psalms are, songs. If you're struggling this Christmas season, put on some cool Christmas tunes, but get in the Psalms. That's a whole book full of, I need to sing to you my challenges, and I need to sing to you so you can pour into me your strength. We choose worship over worry. Your mind is so powerful. Your mind, you will not have to worry about growing. You you don't have to to, to just say, well, this happened. It will happen. Worry will come natural. Worry will come, it'll conveniently be there all the time and it'll just, it'll keep you up at night. It'll make you anxious. Worry is something we do very naturally. You know what's supernatural? Worship. And what do I mean? Faith speaks. Whatever, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. It comes out of you. It comes into your conversations. It comes into your relationship with your spouse. It comes into your relationship with your children. It'll bring faith to your team meeting. You know who everybody wants to be around? Elizabeth. Someone who says, yeah, I know this is real. Again, we're not talking about having some false reality here. Oh, we're good at defining the problem. We're great today at analyzing all the reasons why it can't work and won't work and this is what happened and so and so. We're good at that. You don't need strength in that. But you need to know how to choose worship over worry. At some point, you have to shut off the analyzation and begin to say what God says. You gotta begin to see what God sees. You gotta begin to speak what God speaks. You have to begin to put his word to work in your situation. That's what you have to learn how to do. You have to learn how to activate your faith through worship, this song that Betsy sang, this song, You're the God of the Breakthrough. That song, I I love it because it says, I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you'll do what you say you will do. You're the God of the breakthrough. Faith is rising in this room. Here's what I love about it. Betsy, who's the wife of our next-gen pastor, Tyron, and they came here to plant the church with us. And as their pastor now for almost 20 years, I know when she sings that, those are not just words because I have walked with them as a pastor through the trials, through the circumstances, through the situations, through the ups and the downs. And here's what I know about her. That song was written around the piano at her house where she sits and she worships God. Why do you come here and you go, this is not a performance, this is not just songs. I feel and experience God, let me tell you why. The reason she can lead us into the presence of God on the weekend and sing, you are who you say you are, she's been with him all week. She's been with them all week in the circumstances and the song that she's writing is coming out of a real relationship with him. Do you know that, God? Do you have that around your life? Do you have scriptures? As I told my little friend, I said, look, look, get some scriptures. Get some of these I'm giving you. Get those around your life and start worshiping him. Here's the next one. We grow in him. We prioritize environments of faith. So, So I'm being very practical here. But sometimes you have to have faith for negative people. But it is amazing to me, it, just, it is just amazing to me how negative people find negative people and faith-filled people find each other. And it is amazing to me how faith creates an atmosphere of growth. You can create it on your team at work. Faith or cynicism. Unbelief or faith, you can create it there. You can create it in your home. Oh, we're great at creating an atmosphere of you can do it in our suburban cultures. 
But I wanna tell you one thing about creating faith in your home. You need to not only tell your kids you are awesome, you need to be speaking to them about how God is awesome so when they leave your house, they can create an atmosphere of faith at their college, at their dorm room, in their workplace one day. Oh, we appreciate you are awesome, but that'll run out really quick. Anybody got any problems? You get some problems, you gotta go, well, I appreciate the fact that I'm awesome. I need a God who is awesome. I need a God who does what only this God can do. I need a God who's stronger than me. I need a God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. And so you begin to create that atmosphere. That's what Elizabeth did. You're like, I wish I could find an Elizabeth. You know what is amazing? The more you act like an Elizabeth, the more you'll have Elizabeths in your life. You attract that around your life. My grandmother was interesting. She was a single mom. One reason I have a heart for single moms, at 28 years old, my grandfather passed away in a car accident, and so at 28, she became a widow. And I watched her raise two sons. I watched her just, it's, it was amazing to me. I watched her, her ability to just make stuff happen from being mom to fixing the lawnmower to everything she did. And that's where I, I got a heart for, for single moms. But one of the things she, she was really good at is she could grow stuff like trees, plants. She had every kind of fruit tree. She had every kind of plant. She always wanted to show me, look, I got this, I got this plant. And so when I do a biology project in school, I would always go to her house to get leaves because, and I know a lot about plants and I, I don't even like to grow stuff. I kill stuff for, you know, I'm, I'm anointed at that. But I, 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 I know plants and trees because I'd go to her house. She'd tell me all these plants and trees. And so this time of year, my job was to go to her house before everything started freezing, and I would help her get all her plants and things into the garage so they didn't freeze. And she'd put them in the garage so they'd have an atmosphere where they would not get destroyed. Can I encourage you with something? We all have pressures, challenges, issues, unmet expectations, seasonal affective disorder, whatever new name we've given to all of what we face in life. Life can be challenging. But you, if you will personalize and understand biblical faith, can create an atmosphere around your life despite the challenges where things can flourish in your life. Not everything perfect. Not even saying we won't face some other hardship. But there can be an atmosphere of growth. And no matter where you're at, you can start that today. I wanna show you an example of that from Joy. We got so many responses from these single moms, it was an emotional moment. And this is a story from Trisha that she sent us a note and said, here's my story. And actually after one of the services this weekend, she came up to me, I'd never met her, and she had tears in her eyes and she said, I was shaking and all that. And I said, thank you for letting us tell your story because we're all in this story. You might say, well, I'm not a single mom or I haven't had the events of Trisha, but we're all in the story in the sense that we all have things that can stop us from moving forward into what God's called us to. And what I love about her story is she, she found this understanding of faith one step at a time and then she began to prioritize the environments in her life to help her build what God was building inside of her. Let me read to you her story that she sent to our missions director. She said, as I sit here and try to process all the emotions and the feelings of tonight, this was right after joy, I can't help but be completely and utterly overwhelmed by God's goodness and mercy. Four years ago, I walked into Milestone Church. I knew they had a great homeschool group and really felt the Lord leading me to visit, so I went. 
That day out of the large crowd, a woman I'd never met in person somehow recognized me, grabbed onto me, and got me plugged in immediately. She drugged me to joy that year. Come on now, sometimes you just gotta drag your family, drag your friends to the Christmas candlelight. Don't give them a vote, just drag them. That's what my mom did to me. I had a drug problem growing up. She drugged me to church every time it was open. She drugged me to joy that year, and as I was new to the church and was hesitant to go, she sat by me and made me feel included. Thank you for being that kind of church. Thank you for being that way with people. She made me feel included. At the end of the service, Pastor Jeff stood up and spoke about his desire to show the love of Christ to the widows and single moms. He then asked single moms and widows to please stand so he could give us all a gift to bless us with. It was a box much like this one. But here's the thing. I walked into that church with a deep wound. I'd never identified myself as a single mom, only ever a homeschool mom. That was something to be proud of. I could stand firm on that. I founded my own homeschool group, was active in that community and brought people together. That single mom part, it brought shame and guilt. I was broken and useless. I'd fought for my marriage. I'd begged and pleaded. I was on my face before the Lord asking him to raise up my marriage and it still didn't work. I failed at marriage and therefore I was a failure. I couldn't be used any longer. When I stood up to receive that first box, I was actually embarrassed carrying it around and I quickly went and put it in my car. God has used Milestone and the people in it to heal some major hurts, to teach me about God's love and mercy in a way I'd never known. I'd learned more about forgiveness in marriage. I found freedom, I found true worship. How fitting that the last joy I'll ever attend as a single mom, the message was about receiving. It's because of an overabundance of God's love I've been healed from some deep wounds. Some wounds so deep I didn't even know they were there till I had first healed the more shallow ones. It's only because of that healing and that receiving of God's love and goodness for me in my life, me finding my value and worth in Him alone that God brought me the most wonderful man in the world. That's why this was her last joy as a single mom. There is so much redemption and healing that has happened in my life over the last five years as a single mom. He has restored my soul and this little simple act of kindness from Milestone Church was just one way God wanted to tell me, here it is, I see you, I hear you, I've got you. She then put a scripture, God's eyes search to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone to show himself strong on their behalf. Really, this isn't about, I want you to get this, this isn't about highlighting joy, Milestone Church, or even single moms. It's about the journey. So what happened to her from a broken place is she got in an atmosphere of faith and then she made it her own and she took steps over five years and where she is today is not where she was tomorrow. And you can do the same thing. You can look up five years from now with hurts healed and a faith that you own that you can carry out the principles and purposes of God despite any challenge or circumstance. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. If you're here, your first step is just to say yes to Jesus. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive you today. Become my Lord and Savior. Whether you're watching online or in McKinney or anywhere else, you can say yes to Jesus today. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. Come into my heart. Come into my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to let us know. Maybe come forward at the end of the service or come to 101. In fact, we're having 101 today right after this service. You can come and let us know. But second of all, Lord, I pray for all of us, Lord, that you would grow us, that you would strengthen us, that, Lord, we would have a faith that doesn't trust what our natural eyes see, that doesn't trust our emotions that deceive us so much. 
that doesn't trust our circumstances and put them between us and you, but a faith that roots us in a confidence and a trust that's found only in your strength and not ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 